Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. behind We The Classy, which is an amazing fashion blog where she talks about fashion and life as a mom as well. So welcome, Vanessa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course, so excited to chat today. Me too. So I love to kick off these episodes with a little this or that. So if you're ready for it, we'll go in. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so are you an early riser or a night owl? Um, I'm naturally a night owl, but I have to say I do, uh, wake up really early cause I have two kids and I have to, <laughs> yeah. so, um, it's a, it's a loaded question. <laughs> how do you, as a night owl, how do you kind of help yourself navigate the early morning in order to be alert and ready to go? Um, well, so my husband's an early riser. He gets up at four to work out every single morning. He has, oh yes, he's crazy. <laughs> so since I've met him in, in college, he has. So basically um, for us to continue having a strong relationship, I think we like to have the same nighttime routine. Mm. So it kind of has forced me to get ready for bed and get in bed when he um, is kind of ready to go to bed so that we can like watch a show together and chat. Um, so what, what has happened is I tend to get enough sleep though. Sometimes when he falls asleep, my brain starts working and I have to grab my phone, jot everything down in notes, and then I can go to sleep and I can look at it in the morning. Okay. I love that though. And you're right. Like half the battle is like just getting enough sleep so that you can't wake up early. So I like that a lot. (laughs) Tea or coffee? Coffee. Lots of coffee. Yes. What's your (laughs) go-to coffee drink? Um, you know what? I'm not super picky, but if I'm going to Starbucks, I like the blonde. Um, it's like new. I just tried it recently, but I'm obsessed. It's the blonde, um, vanilla latte. Oh. It's just, I like coffee that tastes like dessert. So yeah. <laughs> the, the creamier and sweeter, the better. I, yeah. I like it. So I tend to make it at home because I can't wait to get to Starbucks. Like I need it instantly when mm-hmm. my son wakes up at like 5, 5.30 in the morning. Um, so that's why I'm not really picky. But if I can, I like that blonde latte. Oh, I'm going to have to try that. I have a vanilla mm-hmm. latte in front of me right now, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right there See, with you. I'm a latte the... lover. Yeah. <laughs> podcasts or books? Uh, podcasts, because um, I haven't had time to really sit down and read, but I can listen to podcasts when I'm, like, driving or doing other things, so it's, it helps me multitask. Totally. What kind of podcasts do you listen to? Are they the more, like, informational or just, like... Um, I am terrible with names, but there's oh, you don't have to tell me names, Okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I was going to say, but too. I, I tend to listen to inspirational ones yeah. or ones that talk about business and kind of overcoming obstacles because I find that that's super helpful for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I feel like sometimes when I kind of even need that like 
it's kind of like a crazy day sometimes just putting on a podcast where it's like inspiring and motivating it's like oh wait I got this okay yes we're good exactly exactly okay so colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe uh that's another hard question (laughs) so I for the most part I do lean towards uh neutrals the white black Mm-hmm. Um, blush colors and denim. That's my thing. Yeah. But more recently, I I just have been embracing colors so much. And I don't know if if you go on my Instagram feed, it's super colorful yeah, right I now. I was going to say. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but then that's one of the reasons why I love fashion. Because yeah. you know what? You can do what you feel like at that moment. And um, for a long time, my closet was all black and denim, I have to say. I pretty much wore a black leather jacket every day. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, also living in Arizona, it's so sunny and it's yeah. so hot. It's, it makes you want to just be in color a lot more. So I have to say I'm moving into a phase or a chapter of my life that's more colorful. I love that. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Mimosa. I, I don't like spicy stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't like yeah. spicy stuff. I do love tomato juice, but um, I can I never know what I'm going to get when I order a Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. And then it's just so sad when you have a really amazing drink and you can't drink I it. I know. <laughs> so, and I, I like my drinks here and there, so yes. um, I'll stick to mimosas. Yes. Can't go wrong with mimosa. <laughs> yeah. Takeout or cooking? Um, so I love to cook. I do, but a lot of times I'm so exhausted that takeout is like a really nice treat. So, um, I do cook most nights and I do like planning a weekend dinner. That's like fun to cook that I'm not, I'm not used to. Um, but during the week, I mean, takeout is, is so good. Yeah. (laughs) It's so helpful sometimes. I know. What's your favorite kind of food to do takeout for? Um, pizza. I'm pizza is yes. my favorite food. So <laughs> I will eat pizza every day if, if, if I could, I think if I was like a single girl right now, I'd be eating a lot more pizza. <laughs> um, but I can't do that to my kids right? And my husband. So, <laughs> but we eat pizza. Great. I love pizza. Oh, it's so, so good. And I also like, um, like using the services, like I love Chipotle so much. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll, I'll get that too. Yeah. Do you ever make your own pizza? Um, yes. I make like with the crust. I have, I've never made my crust from scratch. I am allergic to gluten. Okay. So I have, I have yet to embark. I used to be a big baker, but it was before I figured out that I was super allergic to everything I was baking. (laughs) So I was sick a lot and we never knew why. And it took forever to figure it out. But so I have not yet embarked on baking gluten-free or doing like crusts gluten-free, but you can buy them at um, a lot of places. I mean, yeah. Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or whatever. So. Oh yeah. I feel like I'm starting to see that everywhere now, which yeah. is really good because I actually grew up with a friend who was had celiacs and I remember mm-hmm. when we were little, like, there were like no options for him to Nothing. eat anything. Yeah. Right. It was crazy. And now like, thank goodness it's readily available. I mean, it's everywhere. And I'm so grateful because I am the biggest carbs girl on the planet between (laughs) my pizza and loving baking and donuts are my favorite. And now luckily, I mean, there's pretty much everything that's gluten-free. Yeah. 
It's amazing. 2018. Hooray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's dive into a little bit about your journey and how you even got to, you know, the launch of We the Classy and then ultimately your success within that. So take us back to when We the Classy was just an idea. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like my path has been my whole life, but I never really knew like this is where I would end up. I always loved fashion, um, but I never really knew how I would apply it. Um, so basically, I after I graduated from Arizona State, I went into wealth management and I was a practicing broker for almost 11 years at Morgan Stanley with a team. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, you know, I wasn't happy. Like I loved the people I worked with. I just was never happy. And no matter how hard I tried to like learn more or do more, um, I just still couldn't find happiness in where I was at. And while I was there, then I had, um, both my kids and I went back part-time just to help with the team with marketing. And during that period, it was such a huge uh, transition period for me in my life because having kids, um, two babies, my kids are about 20 months apart. Um, they were really young and I was just kind of in this, like, who am I? What am I doing? I'm tired. I want to be happy. How am I going to be happy? Um, and I started just playing with the idea of, posting more fun content on Instagram. Cause I loved posting to Instagram, just pictures of my kids at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, one day I read on who, what, where an article about bloggers. And it was kind of like this aha moment. Like maybe this is where I'm going to put my passion for style and fashion. Like maybe that's my calling, but how, Um, and you know, you start having all these questions in your head. And I remember having a girls night out that night and telling my friends, I'm like, is this crazy? Because I feel like the blogger world is so oversaturated. I mean, you hear that all the time. And this was four years ago. So I was like, you know, there's already successful bloggers. Like I'm too late to the party, but I kind of want to try it because what do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, they're all like, that sounds like fun. You know, they were encouraging. They're like, okay, go for it, Vanessa. (laughs) Um, And so I just took baby steps. I um, contacted one of my friend's husbands who was in, who helped uh, small businesses get organized basically. Mm -hmm. And he helped me set up my website with my name. He helped me brainstorm my name. I just I wrote on a piece of paper. I think I still have that paper. I just wrote words and I slowly just like put them together and stared at them and wrote them out and thought about what I wanted it to stand for and came to We the Classy and just, I mean, really it took me a little while, one step in front of the other, like, okay, now I have a name and a website and I started my Instagram account. And it wasn't like I hit the ground running. It was like, I have two kids and I'm still working part-time in wealth management and I just want something for myself, you know, that I'm building. So that's where it started. And I mean, and then slowly, um, I progressed with my content, you know, it started with 
I don't know, I'll take a picture of these rings that I think are pretty. And, you know, it wasn't pro by any means, but it was what made me happy. Um, and it was mine. It was something that was just for me. So I just progressed with my content and I occasionally wrote, but the original idea that I had was that We The Classy would be kind of like a who, what, where, but more like uh, something that provides insight on what's stylish, but didn't have anything to really do with me personally. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of be like, here's the 10 best white dresses for the summer, things like that. Right. But I spoke to another entrepreneur and he's like, let's just talk. And he gave me this advice. He said, you know what? People connect with people. So the best thing you can do is kind of put yourself out there and say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And really try to connect on a personal level. Um, And it made a lot of sense to me. So Mm -hmm. my idea of here's your 10 best dresses slowly evolved to um, this is my favorite dress and kind of putting my, myself out there. Um, and, and I went with it. And I think that's part of, you know, having a business and, um, it's just like learning as you go and doing what works for you. So totally. That was how it launched (laughs) slowly. (laughs) So where did you find the patience that it was okay to have a slower launch knowing that you had a lot of other things going on still with your job and with your kids. Did you have to give yourself that permission to be like, okay, I have this idea, but I need to be patient because of my time. Or were you just, you know, like it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Um, I have to say I was a little frustrated because I was so excited. I feel like I'm one of those people that gets so excited about an idea. I want it done yesterday. I want it Mm -hmm. done yet. Like I want everything in place yesterday. So I I have a tendency to be like a hasty person the minute I get a really good, an idea that makes me excited. So there was that slight frustration, but it's like the logistical part was not in place yet. You know, it was, it's not like I, my husband, um, I love him. He's amazing, but we are very different personalities. He is not a social media person and he was not about to jump in as a photographer instantly, you know, so he's not my photographer because that's not where his strengths lie. You know, we, his strengths, I mean, he's in um, corporate finance, so (laughs) he was supportive of me doing what I love, but I didn't instantly have someone to take my pictures. I, you know, I had to create content with what was at my fingers. Um, And until I was able to build a little bit, I wasn't going to be able to hire a photographer. I wasn't ready to, to put the money out there to hire a photographer until I really figured out what's my brand and, right. and where, what, where am I going with this and what am I trying to say here? Totally. So, I mean, it was gradual, but most, not because I was being, um, what's the word? not because I was being relaxed about it, but more because I, I didn't really have a choice. I had to logistically learn how to do it. Totally. And I think that along the way, you gave yourself probably more time to really think things through and to mm-hmm. have these conversations with people, especially like you mentioned when you spoke to 
your friend who was an entrepreneur about people connecting with other people like if you had just you know gone full speed ahead you might have missed that oh absolutely and I think that's such an important point that you say that because I meet a lot of people who they're starting a blog and they want to speak to everyone and it's like you know if you just put that little piece of vulnerability of like who you are out there Mm -hmm. that's when people are going to start to really connect with you Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, for me at least, there's this fine line of learning it on my own. I, I, like, I like to feel my way through stuff. So yeah. part of it was learning on my own, but also listening to perspectives. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes if we want to listen to, if we're, we're too informed, we tend to not take our own risks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're not informed enough, we tend to, um, haste makes waste, you know, then we yeah. tend to do things and have to go back. So there is a fine line of trusting your intuition and trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's how my brand um, evolved. Definitely. What would you say are some takeaways from your career in wealth management that you were able to kind of bring to really treating your brand like a business and not just, you know, kind of doing it here and there, but like really taking it seriously. So are there, is there anything from your career there that you really brought into your next career? Um, Absolutely. I think every part of my life kind of contributed in its own way. And I look at my 11 years in wealth management and I have to say there were uh, it's more like the work, the work ethic. Mm-hmm. I I worked long, long days in the beginning. I didn't have kids yet, and everything was, you know, the market was crazy. And I remember going in at like five or four thirty in the morning some days and working till nine at night. So for me, it was that those long hours kind of trained me a little bit mm-hmm. to endure some long days and some fierce deadlines. You know. Right. Um, we, I, I was put under a lot of pressure to get things done in different avenues all at the same time. And so that kind of trained me a little bit to deal with any pressures that come through where I have deadlines now for brands and um, meeting standards and making sure I'm FTC correct. And, mm-hmm. you know, in finance, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so including disclaimers, things like that. I, I'm, I'm pretty versed in those um areas and that helped me a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of how else, you know, my husband brings up a good point to me that I kind of forgot recently. Um, I was pretty stressed and we were talking about how in the world of social media, we have a lot of immediate gratification. It's like you post a picture, you instantly get likes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like this instant feel of success in a way. Um, but in wealth management or in his industry, there isn't really, that's not really how it works. You know, you build a plan, um, you execute, there isn't as much immediate gratification. Um, so remembering that and applying it to a business that is in social media is really helpful because then you start looking at the long term and less at just this picture. And that can help you endure a little bit of a feeling of, oh, this picture didn't do well. You know, because I started getting this like, 
oh, my pictures aren't doing well today. Like it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, um, yeah, no, that's not, that's not how real business works, Vanessa. Relax. <laughs> so he's like, you're not going to disappear after today. And so sometimes it helps to keep that in mind. Yeah, I think that's such a huge perspective to remember because you're right. We are so just used to that instant gratification piece. But if we are here to have really established brands and mm-hmm. businesses, like the long-term piece needs to be considered as well. Yes. So when it comes to mapping out your long-term vision for We The Classy, how, do you, how often do you visit that? Is that something that you visit every once in a while, daily? When do you look at like the big picture? Um, I would say I think about it daily. Um, but I don't really sit down and think about it. You know, I don't really write anything down daily. I Mm -hmm. think about it daily because I think it's healthy to look, think about Mm long-term. Um, I think we get tripped up easily thinking about the short term a little too much. Um, Mm -hmm. so I mean, lately I've been thinking about, you know, where, where, how, where am I going? what are we doing here? What, and what, you know, what am I working towards? And I think it's healthy to keep that in mind because also thinking about where you came from and how far you've come is also super healthy. Um, I mean, I don't know how to describe it better than that is that I think about it daily, but just to keep me in a same level of this is where I'm, what, what I'm working towards and it doesn't happen overnight. Right. I love that. What advice do you have for someone who is just starting out and they're kind of obsessing over the short term right now? What advice do you have to remind them to take that step back about the long-term vision? Um, well, one of my life hacks that I was going to talk to you about that I feel like is helpful and I feel like helps people, even st- people starting out is um, make sure you're taking a day off. So a lot of times we get we get really really into um, our phones always in our hand waiting in line check my Instagram you know waiting for my gas to pump check my Instagram so it's always in our life you know we're always in it but if that means that we're focusing on the current moment of likes and getting really wrapped up in in my post for today and tomorrow um, if taking a day off allows you from, from electronics, from social media, um, allows you to look around and take a step back. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is it's been one of the healthiest things for me. I take Saturdays off unless I have a posting deadline that I have to reach. I take Saturdays off and most of Sunday, and then I leave my Mondays open. So when I feel refreshed on Monday morning, I can jump on and I can go as fast as I want all day long. I love that. So, um, but I do think that that is not common advice for someone who's starting out. Because if you're starting out, you're like, I want to go, go, go. I want to build. But setting that healthy boundary and allowing your brain to take a step back, not be on the internet and remember what's inspiring you is really important. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. I remember, I think it was maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and I was just in just 
constantly working like seven days Mm -hmm. a week because I love what I do. So sometimes I kind of, my brain gets confused, like, okay, yes, this is fun, but like, this isn't the kind of fun you're supposed to be having on a Saturday. Right. Uh I remember getting to that point of almost burnout without realizing it. And I, the only reason I realized it was because I was lacking inspiration and it used to Mm -hmm. be so easy to always create content. And then all of a sudden I was feeling so like, just what I was, the ideas I was coming up with just felt stale and taking a step back, I realized, well, of course I have no content. I'm not out there living life. I'm just Mm -hmm. behind my computer. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly how I was feeling. I burn out. I definitely burnt out. It took me burnout to realize that that's what I need. And that's why I feel like if I could give anyone advice, it's like, don't, don't get to where I was. Mm -hmm. Um, because what happened was my life became opportunities for content. Like I always had my phone out, like, Oh, the kids are doing something funny. Make sure I get it on stories. Like everything became content and less moments. And the minute you take a step back and realize how much of your life was becoming like you were obsessing in a way and you were getting burnout and then you feel stale about everything almost, um, then you're, you're burnout. So taking those one day off and, and just looking around and, you know, for lack of a better term, stop and smell the flowers mm-hmm. um, and realize, you know, your life is moments. It's not content. It's that you're making those moments into amazing content. Oh my um, gosh, I love that. It, it took me a lot, a big, you know, process <laughs> to get to that point of, of being able to pull myself away and do that. And I still worked on it because I, I still want to reach for my phone. And that's the other thing. It's like, you need that time out so that you're not constantly reaching for your phone. Um, it's just healthier. Totally. So one of the things that, uh, I really wanted to talk about with you was how part of your values, especially when it comes to your blog is kindness and authenticity. And I really want to talk about that in the online space. So why has this become something that's so important to you to really cultivate online? Um, well, okay. So when I was in high school, I was bullied a lot. And one of the reasons I went so far into fashion was because I took refuge in the clothing room where all the sewing machines were. So I would go every day and I would sew and I created my own line of clothing. And then I went on to to um, put on a fashion show for my entire high school um, with the help of a couple other girls. But that experience of, of being bullied for reasons that, you know, obviously it's kids and that stuff happens a lot mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it stuck with me, but I, I kind of, I let it stick with me in a way because I'm finally at a point where I feel like I do have a voice. I am reaching people and I want to reach people. I want to be the person I needed in a way. I want to be the person that says, it's okay. We all, you know, have insecurities or we all deal with negative voices in our life and you're not alone. I want, I want to be a positive impact, but it's really hard to be positive if we're not authentic. You know, because the truth is we all have struggles, you know, we all have fires somewhere sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I talked to my friend when I was talking to one of my friends about motherhood, 
and we were saying like, you can look perfect, but there's got to be a fire somewhere. <laughs> like we're all forgetting stuff here and there. There's no perfect balance. I mean, it's, I always say like balance is kind of a magical unicorn. It's mm -hmm. so awesome and we can strive for it, which is the healthiest thing to do is strive for balance, but we can't beat ourselves up because our day wasn't perfectly balanced or a week, but I divert, I guess. So for me, providing that voice, like, Hey, I've got fires and I've got stress and I burn out doing something I love to do creates just, it's just a healthier mindset. And I think mm -hmm. about my kids and I think about my daughter and I think about the stresses she feels or will continue to feel. And I just want to do my part in being the voice that will help her be a stronger leader. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> was, was there any kind of doubt that crept in when it came to being, you know, authentically you online in such a public space or were you stepping into that role once you were already like, you know what, I got this. My voice is here to be shared. Um, on, so there was never a doubt. I'm like a, just one of those painfully honest people. So, mm -hmm. uh, like I can't sleep at night if I just didn't speak the truth. Right. So I think for me, it was just a natural, like, I just want, I just want to be true because also I think what you put into social media, what you put out there is what you attract. Yes. And so 100%. if I'm putting out there, like my, you know, complete authentic self, I, I found that the community that built around me was just, I mean, so amazing. The other bloggers that have been supportive of me and businesses, I just found that what you put out, you attract. So, and I found that to be so true. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, on a different level, putting yourself out there can be scary because there's things that, you know, like if I post a picture in a bathing suit, I put in my stories, like it makes me feel like covering my face. It's mm -hmm. not because I don't love myself or, you know, it's not because I hate myself in a bathing suit or anything like that. I, I'm very proud of myself, but um, that does put me out there for um, judgment. Right. That the minute I post that picture, I'm accepting the fact that other people are going to judge it. And, and that's just the way it is. That's how social media is. So I kind of cover my face like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and, you know, for the most part, everyone is super nice, but I have dealt with, you know, some really nasty comments and things. And that's just, that's the nature of social media, you know, right. it's freedom of speech and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't determine the positivity of my post. So people can think whatever they want, but it's not going to change what mine, what I'm putting out there. I love that. And I think it's so important to, you know, have that good, true, honest energy in it. Because again, that's going to attract the people who are like, yes, love yes. this account, positive feedback. It's funny. I know I have some friends who have literally like maybe they rarely get any negative feedback or comments. Yeah. And then there's some who get it all the time. And it's just interesting because it's kind of like two different types of energy that are going out into the accounts. And it just really shows that like 
your job in cultivating the community that is really like the right fit for you is if you are you and not trying to be anyone else. Right. Yes, absolutely. I, I think it, that speaks on so many levels. I mean, it, it brings in what also, I mean, it shows people who you, you know, who you are. And if they, if they don't like it, they don't have to follow you in a way you're, you're definitely setting up boundaries of who you are. And, you know, it shows people that like that to follow you, you know, it creates the, the community you want. Um, and I mean, I, I agree 110%. And I, I do rarely see negative comments, but then when I do, I, I try to field, do I respond to this to show people that, you know, I, do I respond to this to show it's not okay and I will speak up for myself mm-hmm. or is it a comment that just needs to be ignored? And then, right. you know, you kind of have to deal with that or, you know, decide, yeah. but in a way it's always a learning experience. Absolutely. And I think it, you know, like you said right there, you have to make a decision, like which way am I approaching this? And it's probably a case by case basis, depending on what mm-hmm. it says. And right then and there, you're, you're learning again, like more about yourself and more how you handle situations because we're always evolving in that Mm -hmm. area. So I think that that's a really cool way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Social media for me, people always ask me my thoughts on um, etiquette and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like social media is like being in a party. It's like being in a room with a bunch of people. And so being kind and having manners doesn't like go away the minute you're online. It still affects people. We still are affected the same way. It's just, you can't see my initial reaction. So Mm -hmm. there's a delayed reaction, but it's still the same. We still have to treat each other with the same amount of respect and have to decide how we're going to respond to disrespect. Totally. So social media is interesting because, you know, we, we all learned etiquette and how to act in a social situation before social media was a thing. So of course now people are kind of navigating it and some not as gracefully as others. (laughs) Do you feel as a parent though, that for your kids, at least who are going to be raised with this already existing part Mm -hmm. of, you know, learning social etiquette is going to be learning both online and offline and that it Um, might be easier. Yes. I mean, 110%. I think one of the reasons, uh, one of the issues we deal with now is just because it is such a new, you know, I said before, like, oh, I was worried about becoming a blogger because it's, you know, people say quote unquote, it's oversaturated. But if you think about it, it's not really because it's such a new industry. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of gray area and there is a lot of lack of understanding of etiquette and how to treat situations. So yes, I I mean, I, excuse me, I will um, definitely be instilling it in my children. Um, And I think that the coming generations, it will be completely different for them because they grew up with it as a part of their life. Mm -hmm. I haven't put a, a lot of thought into how, how different it will be. Cause I mean, you still get bad apples here and there, you know, you know, working their way through social media, but 
if etiquette is more clear, um, it can be a more positive, positive space for everyone. Um, so I, but I do think a lot about how my childhood, there was no social media Mm-mm. and that's a wow. very interesting like phenomenon where I, I grew up without social media, but now I work in it and I, it's part of my life. So how does that impact you know, the way I think about things and how will it be different for my kids? I think about those questions. I have not figured out how to answer them entirely yet, <laughs> but I think about a them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's right. yeah. <laughs> I, I coach high school cheerleading and it's just the way that I see them interacting with each other and all that. I just, it's so different. And mm-hmm it's really interesting because it's like, we don't know yet really what the difference is going to be, but you see it coming. Right. I think, um, maturity is happening faster and social media helps that along just because information is so readily available. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what my kids are so young, so I haven't yet like pinpointed, Oh, here's an age that they will get an iPhone, but the other day, right. my daughter, my daughter's six the other day, she asked me when she could get an iPhone. I'm like, as oh far God. as you're concerned, <laughs> like never, because it's so far away. Yes. <laughs> so not happening anytime oh soon. Don't even start thinking about it. Don't start marking off the days because yeah. it's not just pretend like you're not getting an iPhone. So oh my I just, I just think that, um, it's a little bit scary at a younger age. Um, like yeah. what, what they're, yeah, what's accessible to them or how it makes other people, um, can easily connect with them. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes, but I know iPhones in the near future. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to staying up to date with the industry and, you know, like really when you're in that business mindset, what do you do to stay up to date with what's going on in the influencer industry and how it is changing since, you know, the digital world is changing so fast. So how do you kind of stay on top of things? Um, I have a few, um, not a few, I would say two groups of friends who are bloggers as well. And we stay on a DM and we talk about, you know, even it's just helpful, even if it's like today, my, you know, my engagement's way down, I'm struggling. Um, A lot of times another one of us will come through and say like, oh, I heard Instagram's changing this, this week. So it's helpful kind of having all the ears and kind Mm -hmm. of the same industry talking about how things are going. Cause that's how I hear about a lot of changes. Um, I have one of the girls in one of my little groups went to Instagram for a company she works with and she asked them a bunch of questions that we had in our group and oh, <laughs> came back to our group and said, all right, guys, this is what I found out. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's helpful to have kind of peers yeah. who want to just help support each other. And, and then honestly, I, that's how I manage learning about what's going on in addition to just reading articles here and there and Googling things. I, I hate, I hate to say, I don't have an official source. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But again, that kind of speaks back to how I was saying there's a fine line between knowing too much and feeling your way through things. Yep. Um, because even if I find out like Instagram's changing, you know, how your post is being seen and sometimes that information doesn't help as much as me just continuing to feel out what time of day is good and, you know, what content is speaking to my readers and, you know, sticking with what's true to you will a lot of times overcome the small changes a platform is making. Right. Well, and I feel like sometimes these like easy, you know, clickbaity type articles about the algorithm changing, Uh it just instills fear and panic and you can't be productive in your business if you're panicking every two weeks. Oh, no, nope. You're very right. (laughs) And my husband had to like stop me once and he was like, listen, you know, Instagram is Instagram. They're going to make the changes. You have no say right. over what they do. He's like, I hate to make you, you know, feel powerless, but you have no say on what they do. So the best thing you can do is control what you do have control over mm-hmm. and like try to adjust or keep do, being consistent. I mean, and I have to say being consistent has been one of the best, you know, most foolproof success factors Mm -hmm. for building an Instagram or for building your blog. Honestly, just being consistent in what you're doing and not letting yourself get too discouraged by, like you said, the clickbait and the the noise. Right. So for you, what does consistency mean? Is that posting every single day? Is it always, um, you know, posting on a certain day? What does consistency look like for you? Um, yeah, some, a lot of times, well, for me in the most general form, consistency means don't quit. If you get discouraged, Mm -hmm. if you're having a bad week or even a bad month, like just don't quit because we're all having bad weeks and bad months here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, all of my, my, you know, um, if you looked at my, my engagement on a graph, it's doesn't just like, it's not just like one beautiful slope up, you know? (laughs) Um, so it's just remembering that, um, things are going up and down. And so consistency and keep posting. Um, if you see that a time works best for you, then work on posting, you know, at that time, five days a week and, and try not to quit when you have a bad week. That's for me, that's what I mean about being consistent. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Because that's, that's the time it's almost more important to show up. Right. Just work through it. Go through it because yeah. I, I swear, I mean, you can hold me to this. Like in a month or so, you'll have a week that's, you know, up again. Mm-hmm. It goes up and down. And, and for some reason, because of that immediate gratification of I see how many likes, we tend to just focus on that week and it brings us down. So it's focusing on the fact that it's going to go up and down and being okay with that and pushing through it. That will help. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's such a good reminder of just, you know, also remembering your why and why you're doing this in the first Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Because when you know that, and then you can really decide, okay, this is my why. So I'm going to be more consistent. And that means that my why is stronger than my bad week or whatever could be going on. Correct. Yes, I agree. So what 
would you say to tie everything together is your why with We The Classy or what is that that influencer legacy that you want to leave here through We The Classy? Um, well, my, um, my voice, what, what I want people to see and hear from me um, is that our differences are what makes us successful. And being able to embrace our differences makes us stronger as a group. So um, that is my underlying voice. And that's what my name means, we the classy. For me, that was kind of like a play on classiness isn't everyone conforming to this one ideal that's, you know, you know, the, the, old school meaning of classy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm right. saying we are classy in our own way, in our own right. And as a group, we are stronger and we are a better voice by embracing our differences. And I really just want to, I want people to hear that message. And that's my why. And my why is being delivered through my passion for style and you know, the, my love for fashion that started for me when I was so young, um, that enables me to just do what I love every day with fashion. But my why is the voice of, like, let us all let our differences shine and be strong because of it. Love it. It's That's so powerful. And again, like, that's one of those whys that gets you through those rough weeks and just the reminder to stay consistent, keep showing up because that's, it's so much bigger. It, it is. It's actually really big. And that is so true because when I was having a rough week, I took a step back and I thought like, I, you know, look, I have, you know, I'm not a huge influencer, but at this point I have a voice and, mm-hmm. and I've been, I have this voice and I can use it to, to, to communicate my why and that's so important to me. And I could never stop on that. So a hundred percent. Amazing. So let's transition into the lifestyle questions to wrap things up. But what was your morning routine like today? Okay. Today. Well, today, um, today is a day off. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was a little different than normal, but um, normally my, my morning routine is I wake up really early with my kids. My son wakes up normally at like five, five thirty AM. And then I, you know, I'll quickly flip through emails, but I try not to get too sucked into, um, social media or emails first thing in the morning. I get my kids ready and feed them. And we, I drink a lot of coffee <laughs> and then I, and I get them to school And if everyone's at school and I take a deep breath and then that's when I delve into, you know, emails and I have uh, someone, uh, she's amazing. She handles my collaborations mostly. So I'll, she has a to-do list for me um, that helps me stay on top of my content and what I need to deliver that day. Mm, Um, So, I mean, and I haven't always had that. Like I said, it was baby steps. So um, that was more recent that. Uh, I brought her on and she's amazing. But so that's what I look at first is, you know, what do I need to do to be on top of the content that I need 
to deliver today and what do brands need from me and you know what do I need to respond to and then I go from there if I need to do a shoot then you know I have a shoot planned and um, normally the night before I styled made sure all those outfits are styled and our location is set so it's always every day for me is different but my morning is always wake up, drink a lot of coffee, and get the kids ready for school. All <laughs> of my morning is our night. <laughs> and then we kind of touched on this with the lifestyle hack, um, you know, taking that day off. So do you want to kind of like talk about how you really do set that boundary and make sure that you don't have that temptation to dive into work again? Yeah. Um, yep. So, I mean, the lifestyle hack of taking a day off is huge for me. I um, have to admit, I reach for my phone subconsciously all day long because I'm so used to checking, you know, my phone in between everything I'm doing. Um, so it's really bizarre because when you tell yourself you're not going to look at your phone all day, you'll notice, <laughs> you'll notice how much you reach for yeah. it. And I'll, I have to tell you, I grab it and I throw it because I'm like, ah, <laughs> why, why can I not put it down? So a lot of times I'll leave it in another room or I'll put it in a purse that I'm not using that day. Oh, um, yeah, that's smart. But we have this like false idea that, you know, what if it's an emergency and someone needs me? But yeah, not, not really. They can call you. You'll hear your phone ring. Don't turn the ringer off, you know? Right. I have my notifications turned off on my phone in general. Um, so that I don't see what's needed until I go into the app. That and is an amazing life hack. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because you go crazy seeing like all the emails popping up and all the Instagram mm -hmm. notifications. And I actually am just um, like an anti-notification person because yeah. I don't want my brain or seeing, you know, I'm working on an email. I don't want my brain to like uh, divert and go into what's happening on Instagram right now. It's just as counterproductive. So um, turn off your notifications, put your phone in another room, turn on the volume. And if someone needs you, they'll get a hold of you. I mean, I always assume they'll just call my husband or something if someone right. really needs me. Um, but you know, it's not urgencies like that don't happen all every Saturday. So like, you're just tell yourself it's fine and put the phone away and move it away because you will pick it up if it's closed. I right. promise you, you will. <laughs> I mean, we did just fine with landlines. Yeah, exactly. I try to sell myself that. Like, how did we get through like the 90s? No idea. How? But... <laughs> but apparently we did. So. Yes, we survived. I mean. Yeah, one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is that I, I do like intentionally set put everything on do not disturb and then usually what happens is I forget to put it back on do not disturb so the rest of the day just is like yeah so like productive really really quiet like yeah and yeah so nice. yeah see it's we're all and that's the thing if you give your brain time to rest from all the noise coming in through like apps and your email and everything which is all good noise for the most part but it's noise um, that makes it hard for you to think about other things that's ha that are happening in the moment. So if you give yourself a day, it's amazing how refreshed you feel. And on Mondays, I feel like ready to be a rock star. I feel like I could answer everything twice as fast because my brain is yeah. focused. I love that. So, yeah. This is a good reminder for me too. I'm like secretly like, okay, I need to remember to do this more often because you're so right. 
I mean, the world goes on. I mean, whether we like it or not, life goes on without <laughs> us. So, I mean, 100%. taking a day off isn't going to change anything. Exactly. All right. Well, Vanessa, where can everyone find you? Um, I am mostly on my Instagram, which is we the classy. Um, I have my website, which is we the classy.com. Everything I do functions under we the classy on all my platforms on Pinterest too. So, um, you can find me in any of those spots. I also, if anyone is Phoenix or Arizona based, I now am helping mentor, uh, female business owners and trying to help uh, support them through a company called The Foundress. So um, The Foundress is just a, they're they're basically a community and they're going to be putting on um, events once a month with speakers. And there's a core group of mentors and I'm one of them. So I will be at all the events. So if anyone wants to come and they're having trouble, it's really just to support each other and say, you know, this is what I struggled with. Or if you're struggling with something, let me be your, you know, let me be a voice for you, a positive, positive voice and help you and back you up. So that's so cool. Doing that this year too. Exciting. Amazing. Okay. Well, I will link all of that up in the show notes so that everyone can access that easy, but Thank you so much, Vanessa. There, there was so much good stuff in here and, you know, really reminder about your work ethic, but also, you know, allowing yourself to live life. And I think that that, Mm -hmm. those are both very crucial things to finding success as an influencer. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.